Elon Musk has announced that customers can now pay for Tesla automobiles with Bitcoin, but that doesn't seem to slow Bitcoin's slide back towards $50,000. Bitcoin rewards app Lolly.com raises $5 million, and a federal judge's decision could be a blow to the privacy rights of crypto owners. Government meddling with the people's personal business? <gasps> Imagine that. And speaking of the Fed, Chairman Powell says that cryptos are not useful stores of value. <laughs> the Brave browser will soon integrate a Binance smart chain wallet, and the mostly irrelevant Time magazine is looking for a crypto-savvy CFO, all while putting out irrelevant NFTs. This show is hotter than a Canadian summer, which is to say, warmish. But no matter the weather, we're all here together for this bad news, episode number 498 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? This is the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And in case you wonder why you're listening, it's because you are magnetically drawn to the dashing and dabber good looks of my companion, Sir Lord Travis Wright. Hello, good sir. Yeah, I'm so good looking right now. I got a face for podcast, folks. Don't don't be jealous that we're so homely that we should only be on the podcast well we do the nifty show and we do expose our faces at least well we use we use snapchat filters <laughs> that's correct i look like brad pitt on the Nifty show <laughs> i look like angelina <laughs> and it looks like our sponsor electronium is sticking around and we're super glad for that the coin is now at about three and a half cents and they have gained widespread adoption by providing a mobile first payment solution to the world's unbanked attracting more than four million users worldwide in less than three years it's one of the most usable cryptos as it's enabled users to top up their phones in over 140 countries electricity in four countries and they have launched a freelance marketplace called anytask.com which is providing thousands of freelancers the opportunity to sell their services to buyers globally without the need of a bank account. Check out Electronium and check out anytask.com for all the cool things they're doing. And we thank them for sponsoring this here show. Yeah, I don't want to brag or nothing, but whenever we started advising them, they were at uh, 0.005 and now they're at uh, 0.37. So that's not too bad. That's magical. It's all because of our good looks. Or the lack of them. You know, they got a market cap now over almost uh, six hundred million dollars but there are some others out there that we want to talk about the market cap do we want to get in the news or do we have some other stuff oh we do but i thought maybe first you would give a shout out to our friends at yield ah yes we love the yield yield to yield yes so imagine you're buying the perfect stock or the crypto and it's going up but when it comes time to sell your broker turns off that option sorry can't sell your you can't sell your GameStop, folks and then the price plummets and then all you do is have salty tears and GameStop that really has shed light on the power that these hedge funds have over regular everyday retail investors quite frankly like many of you folks who are listening right now the middleman controls the game and 
The guy at top of the middleman controls the middleman. And then there's the bottom side and the left side and the right. I mean, tell you what, they're, they're taking your money. And DeFi changes that. They remove the middleman, they remove the hedge funds, they remove the puppet masters, they remove the puppet strings, and they give you control over your assets. And Yield.app is uh, one of our favorite up-and-coming DeFi apps. And they give you a 20% APY with 10% paid out in stable coins for holding funds in your wallet. And that really helps against the volatility of the bears and the bulls. And so uh, even the most experienced crypto investor can appreciate that. Go check it out. Yield.app is the website, but we got a little fancy code, badco.in forward slash yield. And that's where you want to go to get your more crypto. And now we yield to the news. Coingecko.com is the place to go to check out all of the market caps and the coins now covering 6,543 coins, 440 exchanges. The timestamp is Thursday on March the 25th, 2021, 216 Eastern Daylight Time Bitcoin with a 58.4% market dominance with a total crypto market cap of one. $1.65 trillion. Bitcoin is at 51,682, down 12% over the last seven days. Ethereum, 1,606. Tether, a dollar even. Cardano, a dollar 14. Binance coin, 234. Polkadot, 30 bucks. XRP, 50 cents. I like rounding these off. It makes more sense and takes up less decimal points. Uniswap, $27. Theta Network is on fire, $12. And Litecoin, now in the number 10 position, the little coin that could, even though down 16% for the week at $174. We actually might have talked about Theta whenever we decided to do uh, the blockchain week, virtual blockchain week. Mm -hmm. But in June of 2020, when we first really started talking about them, we started streaming on that every week. Uh, Theta was worth right around 20 cents, folks. Hmm. And a little bit before that, it was worth about 7 cents. And actually, it was worth about seven cents in May when we first talked about it. And then now it's at $12.23. That to me is incredible. Hopefully, you paid attention when we talked about these things. When we talk about some of these coins that are gaining, this is the clue for you to go, wait a second, what? Let me check what's going on with these cryptos. And do some. this is where you do your own due diligence, folks. We're going to tell you which ones are popping. And you need to go and look and see if it makes sense. Now, this past week, uh, there's been a lot of ups, there's been a lot of downs, but here's some that are up. Dent has popped into the top 100, D-E-N-T, up 174%, up to almost a penny. This thing has taken off. Market cap is uh, near, it's like over 900 million right now. Pundi X, I have held so much Pundi X for so long when it was just tiny, tiny little baby percentiles of pennies, up 133% this week. To double to dot double oh eight. So this thing is closing in on a penny. Harmony up to 17 cents, up over a hundred percent this week. BitTorrent, the BTT token, up 90%. As you mentioned, Theta up almost 56%. Bitmax. Bitmax is bumping, baby, up 45% this past week. And um, one of our favorite tokens, Omi, uh, used to only be available on BitForex, is also available on Bitmax now. And that thing took off a little bit. The R-Weave token, the AR token, up 39%. Anchor up 37%. Quantum, QTUM. We haven't talked about them in a long time. They're up 28%. And then speaking of Ecomi, the OMI token, up 20%. But this thing had popped all the way up into from 
the in the two thousands in the market cap, all the way up to number fifty one. Now it's sitting at number sixty four. Crazy what that coin has done. And I believe, folks, that on the eighth, it's going to be on Tuesday, not this next Thursday, but the Thursday after that. I believe it's the eighth of April. That's when they're launching the Back to the Future DeLorean NFT that mm. will be available in AR, and it's also a race car, uh, like remote control that you can drive around on flat surfaces. You're going to want to. I hope they. I hope they have a big enough quantity for everybody who wants that sum gun. They uh, actually did a launch today of a collectible on um, the VV Ultraman, app, yeah. and I couldn't get in. In fact, I'm you know while we were talking, while you were talking right there, I went to launch the app, and it said, "Okay, you got to update the app." So I think they must have had a a bug fix in there, and I'm wondering yeah, if I, I can get in. Open it still. And I'm I'm curious to see if I can open it if it's sold out because the demand for this stuff is going through the roof, and you know even if they're only offering a few thousand of them um there's there's got to be a lot more people than that that are interested in this so it's interesting to see it going up in value a lot of coins down over the last seven days no massive loser sushi and in x sushi it's pair down about 25 percent for the week um nothing worse than that but a lot of them in the t- down 10 to 20 percent range a lot of red which makes sense that there would be a reasonable pullback after you know the the run that we've seen and right now the bitcoin rally has definitely slowed down and one of the reasons according to martin young at cointelegraph.com is that whales are transferring wealth to retail investors they could they're saying that the bitcoin bulls could be slowing down we could be in a later stage of this particular bull market there is a decline in the number of bitcoin whales despite consistent accumulation from wallets holding one bitcoin or less since march 2018 Mm. numbers numbers and maths folks pretty interesting you know, there's, there's, I, I uh, watched a video this past week from uh, Coin Bureau on YouTube. So I'm going to give him a shout out because I think the dude's for one, I think he's pretty brilliant. But um, he actually has this video that has 10 of the top ways to do your own research. And uh, this thing just popped out this past week. And, I, you know, I heard of a whole bunch of tools that I had never heard of before, uh, including a website called Crypto Panic, which has a lot of great news sources on there does not include bad crypto. So I think we need to reach out to them to get bad crypto and maybe the Nifty Show popped up onto that platform. But um, a lot of great tools. I'm actually going to post a link to that video because if you guys like to do your own research, I want to give you probably the best piece of media that I've seen about doing your own research uh, from Coin Bureau. And I take a look at that. Elon Musk tweeted this out yesterday, March 24th at three in the morning. You can now buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. He made this public announcement here on Twitter. And, uh, you know, they've talked about making this their intention earlier this year. And of course, their SEC filings show that they purchased one and a half billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. But now if you are a US based customer, you can purchase a Tesla with Bitcoin. And I think that that's pretty cool that he is leading the way again. Yeah, I think maybe now it's going to be not when Lambo, when Moon. It's going to be when Tesla, when Mars. Mm, that's that's good. 
I, I think that that's very appropriate. I, there, so. you know, there's a lot of big names talking about crypto right now. Of course, uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who many know is the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says he is buying up Bitcoin, Ethereum, and precious metals as the economy is going down the tube. Uh, quote, I'm just grateful I have a lot of gold, silver, Bitcoin, and Ethereum, and I don't get into the argument. Peter Schiff is always arguing about gold and silver, and Max Kaiser's arguing back and i think why the heck are you guys arguing just get as much as you can right now because the government is screwed we're screwed our whole economy is screwed we're so deeply in debt it's like sinking into quicksand right and you're arguing about gold silver bitcoin just buy something right you're complaining you're grumping and just do something because here's the deal like quite frankly they're, they're talking about it they think it's interesting um <laughs> Peter Schiff is always like, oh, we're, we're. they're going back and forth. It's just ridiculous, you know, and and I, it's just so funny. I, I really, I love Max Kaiser. He's a great dude. And the fact is that, you know, he was talking about Bitcoin when it was a dollar. Think about that. He's been telling Peter, Peter Schiff, oh, it's a scam. It's a scam. Here it is, 50, over $50,000. That thing has gone up so much. And Peter Schiff's still like, mark, mark, mark. like, Dude, you, you would have figured like if, if somebody's been telling you about it time and time again and, and you just see the price keep going up and then then once it passes an all-time high again and just goes on another run and you just still don't see it, like do you not look at technical analysis at all, at all, like at all? Like when these things break out and above their all-time high, then it always goes on a nice big run. And like, you know, what if you hadn't had some before, just, you know, who cares? Get some. Like, why are you? Why are you being so stubborn? Like, this old guard is really stubborn, Joel. Get some. Come, come, get some. Get I don't. Some. I don't disagree. Uh, there's a lot of me too's on the space, and some people changing their tunes. One of those people is uh, Jordan Belfort, known as the Wolf of Wall Street, the uh, the scammer who some people actually listen to and still consider a guru today. Didn't he say before? that Bitcoin was a bad investment? Yeah, I mean, if you just even look back a couple of months ago, Jordan Belfort thought, first thought that Bitcoin would go away forever. And here he is now saying it's going to soar to $100,000, right? So this guy was doing these penny stock pump and dumps, had basically a call center doing some shady ass shit. And why would anybody listen to this guy for one? I just think it's funny how we dog on Peter Schiff because he never changes his mind. And then Jordan Belford actually did change his mind. You know, and then we've seen Mark Cuban's change his mind. So we've seen a lot of these people, you know, we've, do, we've been doing this now. We're closing in on four years, which is crazy. I know we got a lot of fans who've listened to this show for those four years. That is so many words you've had to listen to us. So first of all, I want to thank you for that. Second of all, it's like, it's just crazy to watch some of these people who've been like, man, and now are like, yeah, like Mark Cuban, he's all, he's like balls deep in it now, dude. He's all like, he's, he's like, <laughs> he's pimping it like crazy. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, he actually is, he's built a site um, that we'll talk about on the Nifty show later on because he's going down the NFT rabbit hole and he's all on the, the crypto rabbit hole, but Jordan Bolf, Belfort, whatever. I have peers in the internet marketing world that, you know, still invite this guy to conferences and hold him. I mean, invite him to a conference. Conference, come to a conference, but don't put them on stage to speak. I'm just so disgusted by, you know, I know people can reform and redeem themselves, but my understanding is he's just as douchey now as, you know, Leo played him in the movie, which great mm. movie, oh, by so the way. Say he's the douche of Wall Street? <laughs> 
<laughs> some something like that. So some people are getting it right. One of them is Brian Armstrong, the CEO of uh, Coinbase, and he is doing what we've been saying for quite some time, comparing crypto and Coinbase to Amazon in terms of it being in the early days. You know, I, I remember when I started reading the first articles about Jeff Bezos selling shoes uh, out of, you know, his, or books rather out of his garage shoes was Zappos. Um, that was uh, the late Tony Shea, but um, which Amazon ended up acquiring Zappos. But I remember when he started selling books out of his garage, I remember reading the articles of the naysayers. Anytime somebody is buying something new, the naysayers, the do nothings, the pundits are the first ones to come out. Nah, that's never going to work. That's, that's not going to stick. Bleh. And I go, how, why would anybody listen to you? These people who have never created anything original on their own, never taken a risk or put themselves out there to pioneer anything and they're criticizing others. Why do we listen to these people at all? You know, some people don't, right? That's like, I think we don't. Of, we don't. We don't really listen to anybody. We don't even listen to ourselves. It's, do we do a show? I don't even know. <laughs> but think about it. I mean, you know, what, what Coinbase has done has been really amazing. And they said what they say. About four, three, four months ago, they were getting about 25,000 customer support a week. Now they're getting 100,000. Um, or more per week. Like that's a lot of people who are trying to figure this stuff out. And, and Coinbase is the easiest platform, right? And so they're saying, here's one of the things that, that they said was, uh, it's like Amazon in the early days, Jeff Bezos thought, hey, why don't we allow third party sellers to put their products on there as well? People thought he was crazy. He realized that, well, we want to create value for our customers in the long run. That's what's going to make us a valuable company. And, you know, that's kind of what Coinbase does. One thing I was really, really interesting on is like, why doesn't, why didn't Coinbase, you know, do a security token? And um, that what they were asked, they said uh, Coinbase had investigated doing a security token, but ended up settling on a direct listing. And they said, it's very, really important that we were able to offer a security token that was enabled, that was native to crypto, but could be treated like an ERC 20 that could be used in DeFi and have all the features of crypto that we come to love. And until we can offer something that we feel meets the customer or the investor's demand in this case, um, we want to, uh, they're going to wait to do that until they can do it. So they can't do it yet. They're going to think about doing it. So instead, the biggest crypto project, biggest crypto site really in America is instead doing an IPO on the traditional stock market, which I think is a big fail. Personally, they should have done something a little different, but they bowed down to traditional investors and said, okay, we'll do this. We'll do it's going to, it's going to fly anyway. You know, it's oh, going to fly successful. I just don't like it. Yeah. I'm not a fan either. I am a fan of Lolly. You know, we interviewed uh, Alex, um, Edelman, I believe is how you pronounce his name, back on episode number 467. If you want to go listen to that from last December, badco.in forward slash 467. And uh, lolly.com is, is doing really well. They just closed a round, uh, a fundraising Series A round uh, of $5 million, which included uh, connections to uh, Reddit chairman Alex Ohanian, uh, Serena Williams, Serena Ventures, and others as well. They are allocating the funds towards developing their mobile application and scaling to support user growth and international expansion. So That's big, awesome. I was surprised. I started using Lolly a couple of years ago and buying different things. And uh, instead of 
you know, using the promo card, promo things that would give me discounts. I would use the promo card that would earn me Bitcoin. And it's surprising to me. I think that what I spent on the products is now surpassed by the Bitcoin that I earn on Lolly, right? So depending on when you get in and how you do it, like you could, your, your shopping could get paid for down the road if you're patient enough, right? It's pretty cool. Also, something not cool, federal judge decision could be a blow for the privacy rights of crypto users. The IRS will likely not be penalized for obtaining records on a crypto user from Coinbase or Abra. Basically, they said, hey, do what you want, IRS. Get those records however you want. Do what you want. These, uh, these activist judges that are in charge, are um, they're not big on privacy, and uh, they say, hey, the IRS holds no obligation to honor requests to purge transaction records that are received from Coinbase or any other exchanges regarding information for federal taxes. Dismissed in part for lack of jurisdiction, the civil rights case held by plaintiff James Harper against the IRS Commissioner Charles Redding and its officers concluded that after almost a year in court. So now they can do what they want with whatever they want. <laughs> I got distractified here, uh, Sir Lord Travis, right, by a story that I am absolutely going to have to drop here in the uh, the show notes on Cointelegraph. The, uh, the story is this. Uh, the pressure of trying to sell Bitcoin at a price top is proving too much for some couples. A Reddit post revealed that a man's wife left him after he refused to sell his Bitcoin holdings when the price hit $60,000 and instead loaded up on more BTC during the recent dip. In a post titled, My Wife is Leaving Because Bitcoin, this user said his wife packed her bags and went to live with her sister after she caught him converting more cash into Bitcoin. He wrote, she just left to go stay at her sister's. She's super mad that I didn't sell at 60K and looks at the price often scolding me. I keep telling her we don't need the money and have the cash. We live nice. However, today she caught me buying the dip and was so pissed she almost hit me. Now she packed bags and went to her sister's to stay. <laughs> wow. So, you know, don't emotionally trade. What is that? Like you get so mad about it. I told you to sell it. And it was, I knew my instinct was right. You better sell. Like, come on. Like, how about like get your own account? You know, here's, here's the deal. Here's honey. Here's your funds from our relationship. You invest in what you want. I'm going to invest in what I want and let's see what happens. We're all going to win and we're not going to spend anything more than we can afford to lose. Don't be an asshole. How about that? He finished his post by saying, she said not to talk to her. This is where I need help. Where is a good place to pick up girls in my Lambo? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, congratulations. Good job. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, another story here about the Fed. Chairman Jerome Powell said cryptocurrencies are primarily a speculative asset. And, and I liked what he said here. He said there's no hurry to develop a central bank digital currency. You know, I, look, the less the government does in any arena, especially in the realm of crypto, the better. You know, a shutdown government is the most productive government you can have. You know what? I think that, that like this right here, he's, where he's saying that, you know, cryptos are not really useful stores of value and the Fed's going to move slowly. But also last week he said that, that, that Bitcoin is a good substitute for gold, mm. right? So he's, th there's some, there's some very positive things that's coming from Powell and then some, and then some things I like that they're not in a hurry to figure this thing out. They're still waiting and seeing, and um, you know what? This is a new regime in charge of it. 
And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe something good will happen out of this. I don't, I don't, I don't really hold my breath, but that this is, this is positive stuff coming out of his mouth and, uh, we'll see. And now a word for station identification. This is the Bad Crypto Podcast Radio. Bad Crypto. Bing, bing, bing. In the world of crypto, it can be hard to know what information is good and what's just useless and not needed for the regular everyday investor. With so many wallets, exchanges, apps, platforms, admit it, it's tough to know where to turn for a trusted solution. That's where Ledger comes in. Ledger makes your experience navigating the crypto waters easy. It's the gateway for all crypto services you might need, whether you're buying, selling, exchanging and you can grow your assets how you want all from the convenience of one app now add to that the ledger hardware wallet with the ledger app and now we're talking security we're talking you own your keys you own your crypto start and enhance your crypto journey today go to ledger.com and secure all that stuff lock it down did you say lock it down or knock it down because good lord these ethereum high gas fees a crisis some are calling it will not be solved by the EIP-1559 new protocol popping out, says Coinmetrics report. So these full blocks are the reason that the gas prices are so high. These full blocks are the reason these NFTs are so costly. And these full blocks are also a reason that Ethereum takes up so much energy. And according to the Ethereum gas report by Coinmetrics, the medium fees on Ethereum have been consistently over $10 for most of 2021. And uh, considering that in 2017, 2018, it was around $5.70. So that's about double. But then when you're talking about swapping coins or you're talking about sending NFTs, those gas fees are much, much higher. And they're saying that overall, since the beginning of 2021, ETH has surged 125% and even having a correction from its all-time high of 2050. However, over the same fee, the medium gas fees have increased by over 530%, dude. Hmm. That, that is why I like to call it Inferium. Yeah, I like what you say. In th Ethereum so good that you need side chains. Yeah, to make it work. <laughs> to make, make it, it work. To make it function like it's supposed to. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, earlier on the show when we were talking about market cap, we mentioned Theta, and I don't want to go through the story too much, but I want to reference you guys to our show notes because this is a great piece on our partner site at dailycoin.com. They're covering a lot of blockchain news that you might not see on some of the other publications. And this is a more in-depth piece on Theta as perhaps a model of what the fu uh, the future of decentralized content delivery looks like. If you go to our show notes today, you can see this story and all of the other ones that we have mentioned at badco.in forward slash 498. I mean, it really is. The, the, the decentralized content delivery, very, very huge. I think it's really cool. Again, we saw it really early. And um, what's also interesting is that their advisors are Steve Chen, founder of YouTube, and Justin Kahn, who used to be iJustin, who was also a co-founder of Twitch. I remember going to conferences and watching iJustin going around and live streaming his life, which was very, very interesting. Oh, by the way, um, next up we have uh, Jeff Garzik has a DeFi protocol called Vesper Finance. And uh, he 
is also a, a former Bitcoin core developer, and he's going to be on Bad Crypto coming up in a few episodes. So there's another article in the news about what Jeff is up to. Check it out. We're going to be talking to him later on. DeFi, NFT containers, all the things, all the buzzwords, open source, throw in Ethereum, throw in all of the ERC-20, any other, any other uh, acronyms, TVL, all of them. Put them all in there. We're going to chat with him shortly. Awesome. That'll be great to talk to him. You know, have somebody that was on the original Bitcoin core team. I wonder if he was in the room with Satoshi or if he is Satoshi. Mm. Ooh, don't know. Uh, Trav, I'm a big fan of the Brave browser. I, I love, you know, having privacy uh, when I surf the web and being able to control whether or not I'm seeing ads and I earn basic attention token for uh, for using it. And now they are integrating the uh, uh, dedicated wallet for the Binance Smart Chain DeFi. This is a pre-configured Binance Smart Chain wallet. And, you know, you and I have recently got turned on to Binance Smart Chain, BSC, and PancakeSwap. And, um, you know, using MetaMask, you can add the Binance Chain to your MetaMask and hold your BNB. And uh, you and I also got turned on to a new um, fundraising site for those on the Binance Smart Chain called BSC Starter, bscstarter.finance. And uh, Michael Turpin is an advisor for this chain, this, this project. And we're going to have him on the show soon to talk about it because we've also been invited to be advisors. Uh, you know, half of it was I got uh, excited seeing what they're doing. And then when I saw that Turpin was involved, I'm like, that's it. You know, we're in. So, uh, of course, you do your own. Then they had to say yes, too. Right? We can't just say, hey, we're in. I saw the Turpins in there doing things. We're in. Just put us <laughs> in. Okay, okay. You're in. It, it was Perfect. almost it was almost like that actually to be to be candid um, you know pe- for whatever reason people like working with us and I, I think they well, know because I think a lot of times is our marketing experience over time helps them move things in the right direction and in some ways tells them uh, not only what things they could do but the things to definitely not do mm-hmm. which is good. I want to also say this is that what I found is really interesting. So, you know, with the Binance Smart Chain and DeFi and stuff, I mean, uh, one of the, one of our sponsors, which is not in this episode, but uh, one of our sponsors in general is Kava. And the DeFi solution on Binance is actually powered by Kava, which so if you actually are on Binance and try to like, oh, I got all this USDT or I got all this Bitcoin and I want to DeFi it, then basically you do that one click and boom, it goes into Kava. Uh, Huobi. Uh, one of the other big exchanges also uses that. So there's a lot of big, a lot of big sites out there. Binance Smart Chain, Binance and DeFi. I'm curious. One thing I'm curious about that I've not dove into much and found out like, who's the Binance Smart Chain NFT? Who's going to come out of that as the winner? I think that'll probably be a big one. If you know that, shoot us a message. Let us know who is the big Binance NFT people because we have not found that information yet. That is a good question. So Sir Lord Travis, who do you think is more enthusiastic about crypto, Gen Z or millennials? Because there's some research that has been done on this, and I'm curious what. Uh, well, you know, without me having looked at the research, right? Well, you know what? I got a I got a couple of kids that are Gen Z, and I know they both love NFTs, and I, you know, I they're both digital natives, and so I got them on really early about crypto. So I would almost say that probably Gen Z would be my guess because millennials, they hate everything. 
Um, Bitcoin uses too much energy. Ethereum's too much energy. Eh. You're canceled. Um, you're canceled. We're, canceled. we're canceling. You, the, I would say Gen Z just because of the general whiny, um, wine lineals. The uh, the research uh, is discussed on this article on dailycoin.com, again, which you could find in our show notes, badco.im forward slash 498. And it seems right? like the conclusion here, just hold on there. Don't don't be so rushous. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Millennials have led the charge into early crypto adoption. However, Gen Z crypto users, due to their digital native nature, are more likely to adhere to the new norms of blockchain technology and adopt products and technology faster. So that is that is the conclusion. This is going to become part of, you know, day-to-day culture, the younger you are, and yep. it's going to be integrated into their way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's going to come a time where a generation is going to be born and, and the only place they're going to see fiat currency is, you know, like a collector's piece, nothing that, you know, you'll be able to practically use because it'll all be crypto and digital. Very nice. You know what? I mean, I can see that um, wholeheartedly, man. And that's one reason why, I mean, I, I think it was 2000. 2009 maybe I started uh, you know offering my kids silver coins for their uh, for their chores right and so like you give them a dime at the time like a dime was worth about two bucks and so like they you know because well if you have a dime that has silver in it right and so any coin that is uh, pre-1964 in America has 90% uh, silver in it except nickels nickel is made of nickel except from like 1942 to 1945, I believe. I don't know, it might not be exactly those years, but there's like three of those years there where the, um, the nickels were made of 40% silver. And so some of those are worth some. And so what I would do is I had a whole bunch. I would just get a lot of that, that um, sort of trash silver and offer those as, as and they, they would know and they would look at the dates and they go, oh, it's, you know, before 1964 and they would store them. And so they got quite a little bit of silver along the way. Then in about 2015 or so, I started giving them their allowance in crypto and uh, little bits of crypto here and there. And so like my, my daughter has a few light coins that she had earned and my son has a few and um, it's just crazy to see. And they got Bitcoin as well. And uh, it's crazy to see how much the value had increased on all of those. And then plus with, with my son working with us with Blockchain Heroes, he's actually earned a substantial amount of wax, which has increased in value substantially. And it's just hilarious to me that at, before the age of 20, he has enough money to pretty much go to any school in the world that he would want to go to on his own from his cryptos, right? It's just That's just cool. And I think a lot of, a lot of parents really might want to, you know, teach their kids about money because the school system's not going to teach them about money. The cool, the school t- system teaches you how to be a cog in somebody else's engine. They teach you how to be a wage slave. They teach you how to go to work and how to have a career. They don't teach you anything about investing. They don't teach you anything about money. They don't teach you anything about balancing a checkbook, anything about taxes, none of that stuff, which is probably the most important shit we need to know as an adult and how to adult proficiently and they don't teach us any of that is there you think there's a reason for that yeah there's a reason for that they want us dumb they want us to go to college and immediately get that credit card where they give us ridiculous interest and then boom now we have ten thousand dollars in credit card debt and oh by the way now we got a hundred two hundred thousand dollars in school debt right 
Like, that's just the bogus way to start life. And so I said, you know what? I want my kids to start off life in a much better way. And I want them to value money. I want them to value, you know, value their finances and to pay attention to them. And both of them are just on it. And they, they come to me sometimes with uh, projects that they find from they do research on they want to invest in. It's, it's pretty funny. You, you mean my, uh, my degree in gender studies isn't going to pay off? <laughs> Free! I mean, who's going to – why would you as a parent – Right, I understand sending your kids off to college for undergraduate the first two years they figure out what they want to be. But if they're not going to pick a profession that you need a degree, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer, nuclear physicist, something that you need a degree to progress. Right. Yeah. Say, you know what, I'm done. You're going out in the real world. Go ahead and take the education you've got or pay for further education yourself yeah. because there's no point in doing it and you're setting them up for failure i'm not saying don't tell them to follow their dreams whatever those dreams may be but they've got to you know take the risk at it because the degree itself ain't gonna pay squat yeah that's actually it's like kind of funny to my son i was like dude now you got this cash man go once you go to some school you want to go to and take classes you want to take learn things you want to learn right be curious about your education and grow your education and go to college and go party and have fun. Get that shit out of your system. Because you know what? If not, you, you know, a lot of these people, like if they don't, then in their 30s, they're like, oh, man, I never got to go out and party and, and do all that. Uh, and they and they want to go and have like a, a midlife crisis at age 30. Like get some of that out of your system. Go have fun. Be safe. Uh, and uh, and get some. You know what? I think a lot of part of college is best is the, is the connections you make and right. the interactions with people. But right now, that's not even the case because everybody's wearing masks and they're scared to even talk to one another. And, right. and so it's just such a weird time. So it's well, like, you know and what? there's segregation. Yeah. There's actual segregation. I read an article the other day that a university is segregating um, the students for graduations based on their race, like they're going wow. backwards absolute insanity it is uh, that is insane in the membrane so this we got all off on this because of millennials and gen z mm -hmm. and the moral of the story is gen z is a little more woke when it comes to the cryptos and uh, that makes sense because they're digital natives what mm -hmm. else is going on in there oh actually you know what i want to talk about this next piece right here okay. i think this is completely huge so one of the largest exchanges in the world is ftx one of the largest exchanges in the world for crypto is FTX, but it's not really available in America, right? It's, but it's one of the largest ones worldwide. And they are on the brink of securing naming rights to the Miami Heat's stadium until the year 2040. A, the FTX stadium, which will be amazing. And it would seem to me like, you know, maybe Coinbase might want to do that out there in the Bay, you know, like uh, instead of Oracle Arena, it's a Coinbase Arena. Like we're going to start seeing this where the cryptos are popping out and FTX, I guess they have, a, they finally did. They did, a, they did reach the agreement with them on a 19 year partnership worth 135 million to rename the heats stadium, the FTX arena. How about that? Maybe, maybe we can like sponsor a, a racetrack, the bad crypto speedway. <laughs> Come down to the bad crypto speedway where the cryptos are fast. <laughs> there you go well meanwhile irrelevant magazines are trying to remain relevant and time magazine speaking of the king of irrelevancy the once great time 
uh, with, I'm sure, must be a declining readership. Were it not for the fact that it was in doctor's offices, it's kind of like CNN being on an airport. Nobody would watch voluntarily, right? Unless it was on in an airport. And even then you turn away and put your headphones on because uh, mm-hmm. there's so much BS. Who reads Time Magazine anymore? Uh, but they, uh, they have posted a job listing that they are looking for a CFO with uh, more than seven years of experience in executive leadership positions and who has comfort with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Are you comfortable with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies? Chicka, chicka, mow, mow. Come work at Time Magazine. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, uh, Travis, they... Uh, they... So I, I wanna, before you get into this, let me jump into this. All right. You talk about Time Magazine. It's funny, and whenever you, whenever you, whenever somebody dogs on Time Magazine, the, what 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 comes to my mind? I don't know if you've ever saw the um, the interview with Bob Dylan with this dude from Time Magazine. He's like, he's like, I don't. He's he's just like hilarious, and he's like, look, he goes. I've never been in Time Magazine, and yet this hall, this hall's been filled twice. You know what? And I've never been in Time Magazine. I don't need Time Magazine. You think my audience cares about Time Magazine? I don't care about Time Magazine. It's just, it's just one of the most hilarious things. And then the journalist is looking at him like, what? What do you mean? He was just like, and he had these like all scruggly teeth, and it was just like, yeah. So Bob Dylan in the 60s and his prime was just so sarcastic and just so on point. And there's a video called Don't Look Back. And it's a Bob Dylan. It's that it's that time where he is, I think it was the first, I think it was the the last tour that he did before he went electric. And he was going through Europe and and uh, most of it was in the UK. Such, such a great documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but it's called Don't Look Back, Bob Dylan. And then at the last part when he's doing his concert, the, the Beatles are in the state, the Beatles are in the concert and, and uh, watching him and he was freaking out. And it's just such a really cool thing. Why, why would about, I care about Time Magazine? Time Magazine, my friends don't listen to Time Magazine. No Time you know magazine. what? He, Joe Com don't need Time Magazine. You know what? These self-important publications, even Rolling Stone has turned into, a, you know, a rag, right? It's it's a social justice warrior rag. Now it's less about the music and more about, you know, these causes that. Well, who owns them? That's what you got to do is who owns Time Magazine? Who owns Rolling Time Stone? Magazine? And Time Magazine put out some really shitty NFTs this week. And we'll talk about that more <laughs> on the Nifty Show when that comes up. But speaking of NFTs. We need to make a new NFT that says, is Time Magazine? dead yeah for sure uh an nf shitty is what it should be called i think that's what we should start calling these Uh, but some people are doing some really interesting things with nfts and because there's so much nft news you know after you heard our last show the good the bad and the ugly of nfts we've decided to expand the number of broadcasts of the nifty show from once a week which is live and then also sent to the podcast channels for after listening to twice a week And so we're going to give you two tidbits of nifty news right now. But every Tuesday, we're going to be releasing another edition of the Nifty Show on the Nifty Show feed called the Nifty News. So the Tuesday show will be similar to the Bad Crypto Thursday show where we just cover news, but it'll be all NFT and digital collectible news. And then the Friday show will continue to be the live show, which is then recorded and where we talk to you know, people in the space that are doing the projects. Um, the tidbits for today is there is a motion picture that is being released, a feature film called Fatal 
Contracts. It's a crime anthology chronicling the assassinations carried out by a ritualistic hitman known only as the Milkman. And if you go to the show notes, you could see the link to this major motion picture. It is a one of one, and you can bid on it to basically own this movie. And, uh, you know, if you, you own the movie, then uh, then there you go. You can actually buy it now for $1,618. Um, the copyright is not transferred, but it entitles you to uh, a 5% royalty on secondary sales, I believe. Where's the what if the copyright isn't transferred? Are you really buying the movie? I don't understand. It's resellable, but you don't own the copyright. So you're not really owning the movie. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. It's not really, this is not even really news because guess what? It's a one of one and uh, it doesn't even have its first bid yet. I mean, come on. It's like starting bid $9.97 has zero bids. There's seven hours left or you can buy it now for $1,600. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody's even bid on it. The news is that somebody's trying something new that Not hasn't cool. been tried before. It's it, failing at this point. There are zero bids on it. So, well, here's here's something that's not failing is the sandbox. Uh, the folks oh, at no Animoca kidding. are killing it with sandbox uh, dot game, and they are doing a contest called a glitch in the metaverse that is going to basically offer $186,000 in cash land in NFTs. Uh, and Sir Lord Travis, right. I've been invited to be one of the 10 judges. I get to be all judgmental along with other video game industry veterans for this contest. I see that. Yeah. People well, you are a video game industry veteran. I mean, you sold your first, uh, your first startup that you that got acquired was acquired by Yahoo. It was classicgames.com, man. You, that was a big, big deal back in the nineties. And you were, I mean, you're one of the very first businesses that I even remember being acquired back in the early, in the early days of the internet, man. So you are a video game pioneer. Well, I appreciate that. You know, when the sandbox actually launches where people can enter into their metaverse, it's going to be amazing. This is like Minecraft meets crypto on steroids. And you can use their game maker um, feature to create these experiences in these games. Uh, and then we're going to get to judge and determine, you know, who wins the prizes for these. So again, go to the show notes. If you are a creator and you want to have an opportunity to win some serious cash and land in the sandbox, you're going to want to enter this. Go to badco.in forward slash 498 and you can check that out. Oh, and Travis, speaking of Animoca, they are launching the first edition of their Moto GP Ignition um, NFT card pack sale. It happens, let's see, today's the 25th. It happens on the 26th at 9 a.m. UTC until April 2nd. And this is pretty cool because I like buying packs of all the things. Uh, 9 a.m. UTC, though, that's like, what is that, like four in the morning? Wow, three packs of the same type can be purchased at once. That is the maximum. The sale will run from the 26th of March to the to April 2nd, and via credit card only. They will have other options as well. So it's gonna it's this is like motorcycle. So it's this moto and uh, 15 riders and 15 bikes of the Moto GP Championship thing, and uh, the remaining riders and bikes will be released in their second sale, which is going to be on April 9th. Very cool. And I guess the card packs cannot be opened until uh, sometime in uh, late April. 
until we say so. So there you go. More about NFTs on the Nifty Show. Uh, the show itself has now entered the top 100 of Apple iTunes business investing category. So lots of you are listening. We appreciate that. We'd also appreciate your reviews. Go and subscribe. We are going to stay on the front lines of all things NFTs, crypto, and blockchain. If you knew the conversations we were having right now with some of the biggest entertainers and studios in the world, your mind would be blown. And we're going to have some cool announcements. We're not sure which domino is going to fall first, uh, but a domino is definitely going to fall. We're going to have some really, really cool stuff to share with you. We appreciate you being part of this community. And uh, Travis Wright has some final closing words that he wants to share with you. They might just be a burp. I don't know. You don't need no Time Magazine. I don't need, my fans don't like Time Magazine. I don't need Time Magazine. I've been filling up this room. People listen to this podcast without being in Time Magazine. I don't need no shitty NFT from Time Magazine. I just need you all to stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I don't need no Mike Tyson time magazine. <laughs> I, I just I just play playing here on my arena and I've been playing my guitar and it's okay. I don't need Time magazine. I don't need a cigarette. I just need a marijuana cigarette and Time magazine is what I need. I don't need I don't actually I don't need no time magazine.